and welcome to Tailgate Talks powered by the nation. This is episode 165. Our exciting, entertaining, full of exciting plays recap of the Iowa State game. Woo! As well as our Oklahoma preview. Uh, we're putting both of these into the same episode as we dropped a basketball-only episode earlier this week with a special guest, Emery Lita, joined the show to discuss what he's seen with the basketball team so far this season and then a little Maui preview for you guys. Uh, and in order to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks, you got to follow us on Apple and Spotify. Give the Tailgate those five-star ratings. And if you listen to us on Apple, give us those reviews. Also, Follow our social media accounts. We're on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. Also on Instagram and Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel where we post clips from each week's show. Go catch our interview with Emery there. Uh, catch our predictions, all that good stuff on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel to catch all of those. And lastly, you have anything to add to the tailgate, any questions for the tailgate, anything like that, email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode of our Iowa State Recap and Oklahoma Preview. We're going to start this thing off right. All right, Dustin, it was uh, a, a pretty credit game, uh, not going to lie. Oh, my eyes lie. hurt. <laughs> uh, Saturday night, as but the Texas Tech Red Raiders did oh, prevail in a 14-10 victory Woo! over the Iowa State Cyclones in a very cold night in Ames. Uh, Tech gets their sixth win on the season, the sixth win of the Joey McGuire era, Woo! and that makes you, of course, Bowl eligible. We're going so, bowling. Going bowling. Get your bowling shoes. Uh, and we're going bowling. So excited for that. Uh, Dustin, what was your thoughts on what was a pretty ugly game to watch last night? Oh, uh, yeah. It was rough to watch. I felt like I was watching crappy Big Ten football because they always talk about how much punting they do. And yeah, we saw freaking 12 punts in this game from both teams, seven from us. God. Uh, just moving the ball was rough. I mean, Moving the ball was rough. I have the drive chart pulled up in front of me. Yeah. And it's, it's ugly as hell. I mean, I'll ask you this. You probably don't know just because I'm looking at it. Besides the two scoring plays, which were 13 and 14 play drives, what was our our highest uh, scoring? Like how many plays did we have in a drive on all those like punts and interceptions and all that? Do you know? Or I guess <sighs> – Probably not a lot because I know in the second half, every drive was a three and out except for the touchdown drive and except for the last drive that had four plays. Um, in the first half, you had your three, first drive was three, three plays, and fumble, turnover. three and out, three and out, touchdown, three and out, touchdown. And three then I think out. your last drive, your last drive was a three and out of the second half. I think you had a decent drive there in the second half that. I can't remember what happened. Nope, stalled out. Sure didn't. No. <laughs> your next best drive outside your two scoring drives was five plays, and that was both of the last drives of each half. Yeah. 
You had but five you for had, 26 and a punt, and then five yeah. for 11, and that was the ball game. But yeah, at least had the big catch to Xavier White on that second half one. Yes. And, uh, so, yeah, that you'll take that, I guess. But that's positive yards. very bad. I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, basically seven right there. One possession, or like one, what do you call it? Not even a first down drive. Yeah. More than seven times. Uh, that's freaking pitiful, to be honest. Two of those are negative um, drives, negative one yards back-to-back, negative one yards back-to-back drives. Um, and that's what was frustrating the most is just like the the play calling, like this the consistency was just weird, man. Yeah. I mean, like late we're trying to run the ball. We're using the Donovan Smith package with Shuck in there. Well, yeah. We're just gonna run quarterback runs. Just put Donovan in. <laughs> like, I didn't understand that. Yeah, Shuck came up limping after one of those plays, and then we just ran did. it again with him. I was like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> like, I, I, like, I get the quarterback run has been successful. Like it with Shuck, like he's been very good at running the ball. But every Tech fan holds their breath every single time oh, they run yeah. the ball because we've seen him get hurt multiple times. We've seen Bear Morton get hurt on quarterback runs. So I think like while it's been an effective play. I'm not a big fan of it because our quarterbacks are brittle and I just don't want to see our quarterbacks getting hurt when you have running backs. I just don't understand, like, you know, you preach that you can play both these guys, which we'll talk about the touchdown in a little bit, but, like, you already knew you are going to waste time and run the clock out and just run the ball. Well, just put Donovan in to run those plays. Yeah. He's the better, more physical runner, a little more sturdy guy. Like, just do it with him. Like, I don't mind that substitution. Right. Yeah, I'm with you there. It's a crazy game when you look at it stat-wise because oh, Iowa State had 422 total yards. Dude, yeah, to so your let's talk that real quick. Um, your defense was giving up yards all game long. Um, Dude, the this was the bend but don't open. break game to yeah. a T. They were driving constantly. Like It wasn't like us where we sputtered out and couldn't do anything most of the time. They were driving constantly. They also – Another two a T that we've been talking about all year. Like our defense played great, and then our offense would go three and out and give them great right. field position. Like their field position, I don't know where I can find that stat, but it was inside their own forty. Like every time, like yeah, they didn't have to drive very far to get into field goal range, um, or to try to score those. Like they could have had way more points than this if our offense was any any good and got us some first downs. Yeah, I mean, you look at the, the like play by play, each of their drives, you know, that first drive, they had four plays, which was the one where they recovered the fumble. And, you know, they weren't able to get anything from that, but it's seven mm-hmm. plays, six plays, 14 plays, four plays, nine plays, six plays, nine plays, 10 plays, seven plays. Like every single drive they got they the ball, they were able they to. They had move 20 it. more plays than us in this game. Yeah. We were the, I've looked that stat up for us before. Like we love plays. We only had 59 plays this game, they had 79. Usually it's the other way around. And you knew coming into this, like Iowa State has a very good defense. That's the one thing that keeps their teams in games is they have a great defense for as bad of a team that they are. They have a great defense. They just, you know, you weren't scared of their offense, but their offense was just con- consistently moving the ball on your defense. They were, you know, Xavier Hutchinson made Dude. about five top ten catches. That Can I've we talk seen. about him for a second? Like, man, what a fun player to watch from another team. Like, yeah, I wasn't even mad. <laughs> I was just like, damn. No, 
We had great coverage on him the majority of the time. They're throwing it out of bounds because that's the only place he might catch it and get a foot down. <laughs> like there was one of those, I don't remember which one, but of his amazing catches. But I was like, that's the best college football catch I've ever seen before. Like, holy shit. Yeah, it was the one where he was like falling backwards and the ball was out of bounds and he just like sticks his hands out there. And yeah. Catches it. And it was one handed, yeah, one handed like fade away catch with a foot in. I was like, defender what? right there. <laughs> I mean, he was impressed. It was like shocking. I think there was one pass because Deckers isn't good. Like there is so many times where he threw the ball and was like, "What in the hell?" And there was yeah. one he threw it way behind Xavier Hutchins and and he dropped it and I was like, "Wow, I can't!" I was I know. so shocked that he. I did the it. same thing. I was like, "Whoa, Hutchinson dropped one." That's, that's and it would have been an impossible catch to have, but that's the kind of night he was having. Yeah, he was fun to watch. Your your defense, like you said. Ben don't break. You got the two huge stops on fourth down inside wow. the goal line, um, which were crazy. So your thoughts on like those, because Iowa State, for some reason, ran the same exact play like three straight times. On, it yep. was second one, third one, fourth one. They tried to run it up the middle on you three times. You stuffed it. The second time, I kept expecting them to do something different. They ran it up the middle. You stuffed it. And then they tried to pass it, but you got the sack. What did you think about the defense coming up with those two huge fourth down stops? Yeah, I was just sitting there thinking, like, just throw it to Hutchinson four straight times. Like, who cares? He wasn't on the field on those. It wasn't for one of them, I noticed. I was like, why the hell is he not on the field? Like, I was just like, throw it to him every time. He's either going to get a pass interference or holding or catch a stupid catch. Like. Um, I don't know if like their offense coordinator is trying to like play these chess mind games with with Tim DeRuder, uh, our defense coordinator, and like they won't think we'll run the ball right at them three straight times. Watch this, um, and then of course our defense was good enough and stuffed, and then came up big on that sack. Man, that sack on I can't remember which first or second one, but we had great pressure from our ends on the outside that had to force force their Decker up in the pocket, and then our D tackles are just sitting there waiting on him. Yep. Like we didn't give him a lane to get out anywhere. Like the tackle stayed put, stayed in line, um, and they were there to stuff him. And that's crazy that you know they had two inside the five chances to score, and one of those they could have gotten a first down without scoring, and they still yeah. didn't even do that. <laughs> so they could have yeah, had even more chances there. It's incredible. Like that's incredible to be honest. Like that kind of defines like our defense for this year. Like I was saying, bend, but don't break. I mean, you can say what you want about some of the big plays we've given up or whatever, or not getting turnovers, but this is one of the best defenses I've seen in a while here. Yeah, it, it, it was fun. It got me hyped in a game that didn't have a lot of hype. Big time, yes. It, it was just really fun to see them come up with those stops. But then the frustrating part was he handed over to the offense who just immediately, like, three plays and punts the ball. Got to the point where, you know, finally Iowa State scores. They go up. They're up 10-7. to 7. At that point, it felt like, oh, my God, this it's over. We're not going to be able to move the ball. But then you have your second good drive of the game where you're able to go down the field using your running backs. A great drive from Taj Brooks who was able uh, to get open. And then you – uh, decide to look at one of your tight ends yeah, <laughs> for the touchdown. Woo, a nice little touchdown, touchdown pass. A great catch by Baylor Cup in the end zone to get the touchdown, yes. put you up 14 to 10. 
Um, just kind of, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about the frustrations of the offense, but what did you think on those like two scoring drives specifically? Because all of a sudden on those drives, you look like you couldn't be stopped. You know, you were able to just kind of go right down the field. Um, and ultimately it was enough to get the job done. I think on those drives, um, I'm trying to just figure out how to put this <laughs> the right way, but <laughs> It just felt like you were running the ball efficiently and then setting up good pass and crossing plays uh, and, like, doing that effectively and consistently. Yeah. And, like, you did that on drive number two. And, like, Sir Roger Thompson was just eating everybody's lunch out there. And then you go away from that on these other drives. And, yeah. like, me and you were talking and texting, like, wh- why? What do we, why? Not, why? Yeah. What are we doing? And yeah, so, like, first, I think that's what it is, is, like, the good, consistent run with pl- and then play action type stuff or deep crossers. Like, yeah. that's what we have figured out, like, with Miles Price to get him open, like, stuff like that. Like, those are our really good plays and drives. Yeah, I think, like, the frustrating part I have with it is you have that really successful drive in the first half that was brought up to you by the run. The run game was what opened up the pass game there. Uh, and you're able to pick up good chunks because you handed Sir, Sir Roderick and he's able to get yards. And then the next drive, it's pass, 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 three and out. Like, I don't understand how you can't pat, run the ball like once, you know, like it, I think every single drive, it, you don't necessarily have to start off with a run, but there shouldn't be no excuse for why you don't hand the right. ball off or do one of the, I mean, we, we talk about how we get scared when you run the quarterback, but it's been a successful play for you. So I don't understand how you, how you can't at least try to run the ball once on these drives. Like, like that's how you establish, that's how you've established most of your scoring drives this season. It's feel like, yeah. especially in these games on the road, you've got to run the ball. And it just, it, I, I don't understand the thought of just abandoning it right after it was so successful for you. So that's where I have frustrations with, with Kitley in this. And, He's still young and learning. Like he's freaking what? I think he's my age, or maybe you're. Yeah, older. I think he's younger than me. Or he's <laughs> so, my age, maybe. I mean, he's so I he's, he's young, young thirties yeah. still. Because you can see him dial it up. Like those dri- drives where we scored, it was great play calling. Um, yeah, I thought the Donovan Smith touchdown run in the first was a great play call because you're like, oh, Shuck and Donovan back there, and then Shuck runs up the line and you're like are we doing philly special like what are we doing here we did fake but you have Donovan. <laughs> yeah we faked it and i was like that's an awesome play call like he has times where he dials it up and you're like wow that was great man has we, we know how to dial up a quarterback draw yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's another time, way right um some stats for the game and then uh, there's one little thing i want to talk about on the other side uh the matt campbell situation at the end of the game uh, stats, Tyler Shuck, 15 of 21 for 141 yards and one touchdown, no interceptions, you know, there, there you go. Uh, 33 yards on the ground as well. Uh, Sir Roderick had seven carries for 35 yards. Taj Brooks, nine for 45 yards. Um, and Miles Price was your leading receiver with 42 yards receiving. Defense wasn't able to get any turnovers, but they did get those two huge fourth down stops. So kind of wanted to shout that stat out. Damn um, right. But my last kind of question on this on this game, if you're an Iowa State fan, Dustin, how mad are you at Matt Campbell for how he handled the end of that game, punting on fourth Dude. and twelve, and basically giving us the game at that point? I was shocked at that because I don't have the 
time pulled up in front of me. Um, ooh, I can bet I can get it right here. Punt with 325 left. Like, down four. And you know Tech's going to run the ball. Like, they've actually been good at that. And yeah. no one's going to move it, really. And, like – One timeout left. One timeout left. You haven't been able to move the ball, like, with a lot of speed. Yeah. So, like, what are you going to get a ball back with a minute, minute and a half left? And – you know, torch down the field for a touchdown. I, I don't like that at all. Um, and let me pull up that drive. I want to look at their drive chart. Cause like, what did they have? Well, it honestly, wasn't like much, was it? It's more like, than 12 because they had a couple penalties. Oh, they had yeah. like a big holding that set them back. Uh, and it was like third 15, long. Yeah. Yeah. So third it's been 22. a long, yeah, third and 12, second 12, third and 12, third and 22. Yeah, so they kind of shot themselves in the foot there and had a fourth but and 15. But still at that point in the game, like you have to score there to win. You have to score a touchdown. And analytically, like all You're, we had to do was get one first down and the game was over. And the plate, not the plate, the field position wasn't terrible. You're basically at midfield. You're at the Iowa yeah. State 44. Like you're at your own 44, like. If you give the ball over, I mean, who cares? You're already doing that for us. Yeah. So go for it. Try something. I mean, throw it throw it to your first round wide receiver that's already made every stupid catch imaginable this game. Like I was sitting there just like, wow, they're just gonna let us win this one. Like it felt like they laid down. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> like, I kinda like, huh? I was like, what are they doing? One timeout, and then he didn't call the timeout like immediately. Like you should he should have called that after the first play. Um, but he let the clock run down to where at the end it was just like, what? We just walked out of there with a win, and they didn't even give up a fight. Um, so, yeah, interesting game. We didn't really want to – I mean, there wasn't too much to, like, dive into recap-wise there, so we kind of did that different than we've done most of our games. But um, thoughts on Chuck? Well, you know, he, he, he really struggled, I thought, this game, especially on some of these passes, especially the out passes again felt a little slow, felt like he was inaccurate. Um, just kind of your thoughts on what his performance was in this game. And are you blaming it on Chuck, like, for a bad performance? Do you think no. it was the weather? Do you think it was the play calling? Like, kind of where, where is your head I think, it, I think the blame is on the weather and the play calling, not necessarily on him. Uh, he played fine is the word I would put for it. Yeah. I mean, good, good enough to, like – do like I said, get enough done, hit enough passes, but like, yeah, you can still see that his deficiency of like the arm strength is not there. Like he might have good um, reads and experience, leadership, all that good stuff, but his just arm strength isn't there to make some of these throws. Like even some of the uh, screen passes we've talked before, like they just don't get there with any yeah. oomph on them. Like, it's kind of like, at this point, we're just kind of like, well, he's the better option of the two we have. I mean, hopefully, Baron, we can play him next week. We'll see. But it's kind of just like, man, whatever. Um, I hope he just doesn't screw it up. So, I don't blame him, but he's also not, like, doing anything for us, like, to boost us, you know? Yeah, I mean – I agree. I, I, I think it's it's hard to watch because he's a guy with this experience. And when he throws a long ball, like for some reason, like his deep balls look great. 
Yeah, and it, it's weird. And all, but yet, for some reason, when he throws it to the sideline on an out route, it's Whoa. like, like it's either <laughs> ten feet too high, or it's too short, or it's too slow. Like I don't understand that too much like, touch. Yeah, <laughs> and and like there's a couple times. I think there was one specifically in the first half where he had the guy open, but the ball took so long to get there that the corner was able to recover and make a play. Um, and so that's just kind of the frustrating part. Like he's obviously he, he did enough to get you the win. Um, you know, he got you the win to Kansas, yeah. got you the win against Iowa State. So he's got you to bowl eligibility when you lost Barron. Like, so can't be too down on him. But yeah, for some reason, it's just it's just not there with him. Um, and and it, it's frustrating. But hey, a win's a win. And I guess you'll take that. Is there anybody else that you kind of want to talk about? Any other things we already kind of dove into the defense? Um, any other little tidbits here before we get it? recap our predictions and open up the club. No, I, I liked how we kind of went over that and hit a lot of things there. So yeah, let's talk about our terrible predictions in the club. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> uh, predictions not great for us this week on defense. We both, uh, we both had us getting a take three game and the defense forced zero turnovers, yes. zero turnovers. They did get the two, you know, fourth down stops, which is, you know, a turnover on downs, but we were not able to turn this Iowa State team over. A uh, quarterback who likes to throw interceptions, we didn't force him to throw one. Uh, so that was kind of a frustrating um He frustrating gave you a day. few chances too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but luckily, like your one turnover didn't come back to bite you in the ass. Like, you, th- you know, you turned the ball over early on in the game and you're able to get the stop and luckily their field goal kicker sucks Uh, or else this might be a different game. Um, Let's see. Offensively, Dustin was just begging for us to have a hundred yard receiver. He's been begging for it for a couple of weeks. Give it to me. Uh, Xavier White was your leading, or I mean, Miles Price was your leading receiver with 42 yards. Um, And I had three rushing touchdowns and we only had one. We didn't even have three touchdowns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there was three in the whole game uh so tough um but you know donovan did have our one rushing touchdown um score predictions i had 24 20 um so just subtract 10 off and i guess hey, you, know, you were there am i close i can't remember what your score i know you had us winning by a couple touchdowns you had a yeah had score. A, you had like 34 21 or something like that <laughs> so um so yeah uh, not great predictions for us there, but hey, a win is a win, and that means Club Red is open. So somebody play the damn music. Turn here, somebody turn on some damn music! Alright, Dustin, for the sixth time this year, Club Red is open. And that means we're handing out some VIP passes. So, Dustin, I'll start with you on the defensive side of the ball. Who's getting your defensive VIP pass for this week? This guy's been coming on all year. He finally deserves to get a pass into the club. It's defensive lineman Josiah Pierre. Yeah, This dude has played out of his mind all season. Really grew into that kind of second edge rusher we needed this year. Even without Tyree Wilson on the field, he still showed up in a big way, made some big stops. I mean, it's only going to show up as like four tackles and a couple for a loss. But, man, the impact he has on pressuring the quarterback, 
is huge. Um, so I just really love what he's been giving you all year. And so he deserves to get in the club, Josiah Pierre. Yeah, that back-to-back weeks for Josiah Pierre, who's been just probably one of your best defenders at the end of the season so far. So uh, shout-out to him. I'm debating here. I think I'm going to go Adrian Fry. I'm going to go Fry because we found out before the game that Malik Dunlap wasn't going to play. Um, yeah. And so, you know, you're losing one of your best cornerbacks who's been steady for you all season. So that was going to have to mean somebody was going to step up. Adrian Fry, seven tackles on the game, uh, one tackle for loss, one pass deflection. So um, uh, you definitely felt his presence out there. Um, I thought he stepped up and you were going to need that to happen in this in this game. Um, like we said, there's really nothing you could do with Xavier, uh, with Xavier Hutchinson. Um, you, know, you play good coverage uh, for the most part on him. He made some crazy catches, but uh, so yeah, I'll shout out Adrian Fry. No turnovers for anybody. Um, just lots of tackling, lots of tackles for loss. Um, you know, big, big time plays made by guys to get stops on fourth down. So uh, shout out to the defense who was able to win yeah. this game by holding them. And yeah. Like, points. I mean, you want to give a, th- a third one real quick to Tony Bradford came yeah. up big on that, that second stop at the goal line. I mean, he's just sitting there waiting for him and makes this big sack. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys definitely deserving for, for different plays that they made in this game. I also want to give a special shout out to the Iowa state kicker. Um, Golly, he was horrible. He was brutal. <laughs> Uh, but uh, offensive side, Dustin, who are you giving your offensive VIP to? It's a tough one. Do we have week. to? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, I'm going Sir Roderick Thompson, you know, regular in the club. But I thought, I mean, he's only got thir- seven for 37, but a lot of those came on that second drive yeah. of the game. And he had a lot of big runs, busted a 15-yarder. Um, so I'm giving it to Sir Roderick for setting you up for that first touchdown of the game. Yeah, I think him or Taj Brooks are deserving because they both had like were catalysts for the drives you scored. But I'm gonna go to Baylor Cup for this <laughs> yes. because he had hey, he caught the ball. Game, all that matters. He caught your game-winning touchdown. Um, one for one four, catch, one touchdown, four yards, touchdown, and that oh, was a touchdown that, that won the game. But it was a sweet catch. He had to rip that ball away from the defender. Yeah. Uh, it was a sweet catch, and we don't get a lot of opportunities to shout out the tight ends because we just don't use them for some and, reason. Well, while we're talking tight ends, and it's looking at me in the face, Henry Teeter should have scored like the play before on yeah. the little Travis Kelsey flip pass that the Chiefs always run. He yeah. Teeter just can't didn't know where to run and ran straight into his lineman's back. Like yeah, there were two yeah, lanes like, open, oh, and he ran right into his lineman's ass. I was so excited for that. Play <laughs> it was open. He should have scored. Like, oh. <laughs> Damn it! Oh well. Um, but yeah, shout out to all those guys for uh, their performances to help us get to that sixth win and bowl eligibility. That does it for our Iowa State recap. Let's go ahead and move over to the last game of the regular season: Texas Tech versus Oklahoma. Well, the final game of the first regular season for the Joey McGuire era is here. The season has felt like it's flown by, but the 6-5 Texas Tech Red Raiders are set to face off with the 6-5 Oklahoma Sooners coming off a big win in Bedlam over the Oklahoma State Cowboys to get them to 6-5. But 
most importantly for Texas Tech, it's an opportunity to go six and one at home. It's an yeah. opportunity to have your first above 500 conference record since 2009. Yep. Uh, and since Mike Leach was the coach here. So some big things at stake for the Red Raiders, a chance to go seven and five on the season um, and an above 500 conference record. Those are big things. So Dustin, your thoughts on this upcoming matchup with the Oklahoma Sooners who uh, aren't the Oklahoma Sooners we thought no. we'd see here at the beginning of the year, but still nonetheless, um, they are Oklahoma and they have the athletes. They got the athletes. They got the players coaching, I guess is still figuring it out how to put it together. Uh, honestly, like their win last week against Oklahoma state bedlam. I'm not chalking that up as that much. Cause they only won 28, 13. It's not like they were burning it down over in bedlam. Like they didn't score after the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, eh, okay. Like if it had been like 42 to 20 something. Okay. But they're they're pretty disappointing season so far, so I, I kind of think they're kind of cashing it in, in a sense. So I don't see them being able to get up for this kind of game like they did last yeah. week. You know, Usually Bedlam's the last game of the year, easy to get up for, but now they're coming down from that. Uh, I think that helps you. So with them being down this year, with figuring things out, and then coming off of good emotional – Rivalry game, I kind of like that being their turnaround game. Yeah, I think it's a good situation for us to be in here. Like you said, big high for them, um, big win for them, and after uh, what's been a struggle for them this season. But this definitely hasn't been an impressive season, and they haven't figured it out here down the stretch of the season either, kind of like we thought. Yeah. Maybe halfway through, maybe they would kind of figure some things out. But they just lost to West Virginia on the road, who's not a good team yeah. like a couple of weeks ago. So this still is not a good Oklahoma football team, not at least what we expect from them. But, you know, they still have the offensive playmakers to, to make some things happen on that side of the ball. Uh, I don't think their defense is particularly challenging. Um, I definitely think that you can figure some things out. But we do know Venables is a defensive-minded guy, so – um, it wouldn't shock me if they come out and have a good defensive performance against you. But ultimately, you got to feel pretty good about your chances here of getting that seventh win um, against this team, and especially on the road and what I expect to be a pretty good crowd for a night game at I the Jones to end the season like that. You know, we should have a good crowd. Um, a lot of people should be out there and happy and ecstatic to be here for one final <laughs> game. Um, and so, yeah, I expect this to be a fun one. I expect this to be, uh, another dub for the Red Raiders, but ultimately, uh, some, you know, some quarterback controversy, I guess, still in the air as we head into the last game. Cause we don't, you know, at this point we're recording on a Sunday night. Um, we are not sure the nope. status of Baron Morton. Now we're hoping that he's healthy, but you know, Shucks got you a couple wins, Dustin, who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback for the Red Raiders in this last game? I think it'll be Baron Morton, um, you know, betting on health and just hope <laughs> Yeah, that it's Baron Morton. Um, if he's not ready, though, I ain't shut like the last few weeks gives you enough of a chance to try to win. But let's hope for Baron. Yeah, um, you know, by the time this comes out, I'm sure that we'll, there'll be more information on who's starting if Barron's healthy. 
Um, but, you know, he was there and he was suited up for the game uh, against Iowa State. So that's like that's good news. Hopefully another yeah. week uh, of rest and, and not playing. He's healthy. But, yeah, that's kind of what I expect. And that's I think that gives you your best opportunity to win from what you've seen with Barron and and just kind of how the offense can move when he's playing um, it, definitely more positive things. But if it is Chuck, uh, how do you feel about his chances to get you this win um, uh, on Saturday? Uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> pretty much how I feel yeah. about Chuck. <laughs> I don't it's, know. It's like, I was so excited for him preseason, but then just as the season's going on and just like, you know, like we said, the, the lack of oomph on those like out or screen passes, like just – really worries me and bugs me so uh, i mean gives you enough of a chance i hope i think it's more on like we usually say kitley in the offensive line yeah i mean i think he'll give you a chance to win this game because like we said oklahoma isn't like a a daunting task i think for you to win yeah um, with shuck but it's just kind of some of the things that he's been unable to do so far but one of the things that he's been really good at is running the ball you know sure. uh, uh, and it does provide a different dimension to this offense that you're really not used to having is just his ability to to get some tough yardage when the play breaks down or on these designed quarterback runs so the other part of the offense is Zach Kitley and his yeah. <laughs> ability to call this offense so kind of what are you expecting after what was a struggle against Iowa State, much that we talked about earlier in this episode. Do you think he can bounce back for this last game and, and dial up a, a solid game plan uh, for the Sooners? We said it time and time again, and we will say it again. Run the damn ball. Like, that's where, where it is. Run the damn ball, coach. That's what we got to do. Run the ball. More Brooks, more Thompson, um, and go off of that. Like, quick. Quit relying on the pass to get you the run. Go go run first. Yeah, I think you got to have double-digit carries for both of these guys. I, I just don't see a reason not to. Um, unless you like, you just absolutely can't run the ball at all. But I, I think Taj needs 10 carry at least 10 carries. I think Sir Roderick needs at least 10 carries. I think Cameron Valdez needs to have 10 carries you know, for all close, of them. Close to 10 carries. Uh, I just don't think there's an excuse for not handing the ball off um, a, a lot. But I think that's the key. And, and don't shy away from it, you know. Obviously, oh. we want to keep the passing game because you got to keep the defense on their heels and they can't just sell out for the run. Um, but, you know, use the run game. Don't get scared of it. I don't think there should be a single drive where there's not a run play. Uh, so that's what I'm hoping to see. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping to watch for that. Um, you know, when you, when you did really good against Kansas, there was a lot of runs. There was a lot of running game. So uh, the times you've been really successful, that running game has been uh, a key factor in it. Uh, the defense did, like we said, the bend don't break against Iowa State, got the stops that they needed to, uh, held Iowa State to 10 points uh, and get you the victory despite giving up a lot of yards. What do you expect from them uh, in this game against Oklahoma? Do you expect it to be kind of a similar performance to uh, – what they did against Iowa State, maybe a little more points for. Yeah, maybe a little more points. I don't expect, you know, two goal line stands to save your ass in this game. But, I mean, I still expect, I mean, looking at Oklahoma's offensive numbers, I mean, they said they're not lighting the world on fire. They put up 27 against Iowa State, you know, 38 against, or 35 against Baylor, 23, 28. Like, they're not 
a great offensive team, even with Dylan Gabriel leading the way, you know. So I, I expect us to do our usual bend but don't break. Um, hopefully their kicker sucks too. And, yeah. I mean, we're great at letting teams get down and drive and then it's too bad you got to kick the ball. And that's great. Like, that's a great defense. If you're letting them only have three points and not seven. So I expect more of that. And once again, I'm asking for turnovers. Please, can we get some turnovers? Yeah, you, you desperately need some turnovers. It would be nice to end the season with a couple at home. Our turnover uh, difference has got to be negative. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the key. Um, some Oklahoma offensive stats for you guys. Dylan Gabriel, their quarterback, uh, 2,476 yards passing this season, 18 touchdowns, the five interceptions. Uh, Eric Gray, their leading rusher by quite a bit, has 1,203 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns. That's pretty good. Uh, and their leading receiver, Marvin Mims Jr., 844 yards and four total touchdowns. You look at their stats, like, there is a serious gaps between their top leading rusher and their top leading receiver to the rest of the pack. So it's clearly like their offense goes how these two guys go. If you can stop yeah. Eric Gray, if you can start stop Marvin Mims, they're going to struggle to find other guys to to keep this offense moving. So that's really their three-headed monster is, is Dylan Gabriel, Eric Gray, and Marvin Mims because behind that, nothing really jumps off the screen to you. Um, Dustin, now that I've kind of given some of those stats, yeah, your thoughts on this Oklahoma offense? Ah, yeah, like we said, nothing really like jumps out at you and bites you. I don't think they have a first round talent like Hutchinson just was or the running backs you've seen previously this year. But good athletes, good players, you can't just assume they're not going to do anything. So, how much do we let up? How do we play that differently? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, like I said with Hutchinson's like he only had a hundred yards, which I think is a good good job of holding him down to that. Like can we key in on the these like two or three really good guys and not let them do as much as they can? Yeah, one of the big issues your defense has had is when you good running backs. You know, that's that's kind of been yeah. one of the things we've really struggled to stop. Uh Devin Neal for Kansas couldn't stop him. <laughs> B Don had a big day, Deuce Vaughn had a huge day. Baylor's running back, huge day. So yeah. a lot of these really good running backs have kind of given you problems. And so that's kind of where I guess the one thing that would make me really nervous is if we're, you know, going to have uh, Eric Gray explosive day where we're just not able to limit him on the ground. Um, but I think the thing that makes me feel comfortable is knowing that this isn't really a, a, a high powered two way can beat you through the air and on the ground kind of offense that, Oklahoma typically has where they can beat you with so many receiving weapons sure, and also yeah. a good running back. It's really like one receiving weapon yeah. and then a really good, and a really good running back. So like you said, if you can limit, limit those guys, I think you're going to have a really good chance uh, to hold this offense uh, to, and like you said, Ben don't break and just do yep. enough again make for your kicker offense do it. To win this game. Yeah. Make the kicker do it. Uh, get some timely stops. Hopefully force a couple turnovers. Uh, you'll take those, force fumbles, interceptions, all that good stuff. Maybe some stops on fourth down. All that stuff goes to winning. Um, any other little tidbits on this game that you want to talk about before we make some predictions? No, man. All right. Well, our last time of the regular season. Well, we'll get to do this one more time. We will get to make some more predictions 
as Texas Tech will be going to a bowl. So that'll be fun. But for the last time in this regular season, Dustin, your defensive prediction for this game. I'm going to go kind of back to the well a little bit here. I'm going to go to the turnovers just because I'm begging for them so bad. I'm going to go two turnovers in this game. But I'll be a little more specific just to make it fun. And I'll go one pick and one fumble. All right, one pick, one fumble for Dustin. Man, I don't really know where I'm leading to on this defensive prediction. I like I, I want to go to the turnover well uh, again, but I feel like you've got that covered. So I'm going to go to what you like to do, and that's the sack, the <laughs> sack prediction. I'm going to have four sacks in Ooh. the finale of this game. Uh, of the season uh, four sacks for the red Raiders defense um, in honor of Tyree Wilson. They're going to come yeah. out and have a good game for him and get four sacks for him. Uh, offensively, Dustin, your prediction for the offense. I'm going to rinse, wash and repeat and go. Cause I'm begging for it. The hundred yard receiver again, please give me somebody over a hundred yards. Third time's a charm. Green her up. Give me, give me it, please. I'm going to stick to the ground game that I've been going with for the last several weeks. Um, I'm going to ask for 200 yards on the ground uh, just combined. Uh, I think that's a easy, solid prediction. That yeah, And if you want to win this game, 200 on the ground will go a long way in helping that. So uh, not picking one guy to do it. Obviously taking uh, the room, including your quarterback, uh, to – get you over the 200 yard mark there a score prediction your prediction for oklahoma texas tech dustin i'm going with a win and 31 to 24 texas tech wins a 31 24 win for the red raiders i'm kind of sticking close to that i'm gonna go 38 31 for the red raiders i think this is going to be a little bit higher scoring Ooh, uh okay. keep it uh, keep it like a touchdown. I think it's going to be close like that, but that's yep. that's where I'm going on that. 38-31. Me and Dustin both picking the Red Raiders to get the seventh win of the season, the most wins at home in a while, and an above 500 record in conference play for the first time since 2009. That it for you in this Tech-Oklahoma game, Dustin? Yep, that's all I got, man. All right, well, let's uh, go make some shot bets for this week. All right, shot bet for this week, uh, or let's recap last week's. Uh, we both had Texas Tech plus three and a half against Iowa State, and we both win that thanks to the Red Raiders' 14 to 10 victory over the cyclones uh our other shot bet the nfl shot bet is currently going on as we record it was a chiefs minus seven against the chargers currently as we are recording it stands chiefs 13 chargers 10 this one so uh we won't have a final for that just yet as we're recording this week oklahoma currently sits as a one and a half point favorite against the red raiders Dustin, going with your prediction, I'm assuming you are taking the Red Raiders once again. Give me the Red Raiders and those points, baby. Yes, I will be writing the Texas Tech plus one and a half as well. Uh, currently, the lines I don't think are made just yet for the NFL next week. As we mentioned, we're still waiting on our determination for this uh, NFL shot bet, so we won't make our shot bet pick on the NFL just now. Um, we will move on to our 
Final shots for the week, Dustin. What do you have for everybody? Well, something just came across my timeline while we're recording on a Sunday night. Tech football news. Tyree yep. Wilson is hanging it up for the year. Uh, something we kind of expected. We thought we might have get, gotten him back for one more Oklahoma game. But he posted he's done. He has a broken – some broken foot – broken bones in his foot. Some broken foot in his bones. Um, and – been been recommended to get that fixed rather than try to play through it or do what he can. So he's got a big future ahead of him. Uh, first round pick, potential top ten pick. Um, you know he's gonna, he goes down with a great Texas Tech season. Leads the Big Twelve in tackles for a loss currently. Uh, we talked about his pressure rate being one of the best almost ever uh, last year or sorry last week we talked about that and so. You know, it'd be sad to lose him in, in this fashion, but, you know, shout out to Tyree Wilson for a great career and can't wait to see what he does in the future in the NFL. Yeah, that was going to be my final shot as well as um, I saw that tweet come up uh, while we were recording. and was like, oh, we got to shout out Tyree here. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, a special season from him. Um, lived up to the hype. Uh, that's hard to do, you know, when you have right. huge expectations for you. you have people saying before the season that you have a potentially could be like a, a top pick in the draft. And so um, to live up to that potential and, and dominate like he did uh, this season, like you have very few players like that in Texas Tech yeah. defensive history that come through. Yeah. So um, it's, it was just uh, a privilege to get to watch him this season. And uh, like we just tweeted out, we can't wait to say Tyree Hills, Tyree Wilson went to Texas Tech in the future right. when he's out there dominating in the NFL. Uh, so can't wait to see what happens for this guy in his future. And obviously, um, you know, hope for the best recovery for him with the, that foot injury. Just you hated to see it, but, you know, uh, he's going to get better, work hard, and go make that money in the league. Yeah. But that'll do it for us this week. Hope you enjoyed our Iowa State recap and our Oklahoma preview. Our last Texas Tech football game of the regular season. We can't wait to break down the bowl game and once we figure out where we're headed uh, here in the next couple weeks. Uh, and to make sure you're catching everything that we're doing here, breaking down basketball, talking Texas Tech football, all that good stuff, you got to follow us on Apple and on Spotify and give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the tailgate. If you listen to us on Apple, write those reviews for us. Also, follow our social media accounts. We're on Twitter at Telgate underscore talks. Also on Facebook and Instagram. And lastly, give that YouTube channel a follow uh, where we're posting interviews, clips from each week's episode, predictions, all that good stuff there on the YouTube channel. So make sure you're giving that a follow. Thanks for listening to our Iowa State recap, our Oklahoma preview. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate.